0: Incon with podcasts are produced as art work. These podcasts are a collaboration between Incon with and the 1968 Film Group for Depth for 2019. Welcome to Incon with podcasts. My name is Neil Ferguson, and today I'm in conversation with Fredericks Vermin. Would you like to introduce yourself, please, Fred? Uh,
1: Yeah, hello. Uh, My name is Fred and I am an artist, and that took a long time to say. Uh, I live and work from South East London and I'm very proud of that. And I am the founder of uh, the House of Parakeet, which is a gallery space and workshop space that operates outside of my family home. And uh, I often collaborate as part of my practice and intentionally abstain from
0: a commercial art world. Do you think South London has a different different set of potentials to, for instance, East London?
1: Oh yeah, completely. I mean, uh, you know, parts of South East that I'm from have kind of uh, recently taken a massive shift and kind of are tending to lean more towards like... uh, I suppose certain lifestyles that uh, East London has kind of had over the last 15, 20 years, but I think there's a, a certain edge and like a toughness and a kindness that people in South East London have. I don't think a lot of people have had it easy uh, and that brings out a lot of uh,
0: interesting qualities in people. Right. As somebody who's moved from Scotland and you've come down to South East London to study at Goldsmiths, uh, coming up for 40 years ago um, it's interesting that that, that the how would you feel the impact of having a, a, a college like goldsmiths in your particular area where you've been you've lived and brought up it's had in, in terms of how the way you've thought about
1: yeah it's interesting because i've always had a bit of like a, a fuck goldsmiths mentality yeah. um i kind of i was like an early school leaver So, like, the idea of going to art uni was never really a thing. And then my sister went to Camberwell and actually helped her with the degree show. So that was kind of, like, interesting insight. So I always saw Camberwell as being slightly different, but that was always part of UAL. But actually, more kind of in recent years, I've realised that a lot of uh, my thinking and positioning and also people's opinions that I respect has actually come out of Goldsmith's teaching. So, so it's kind of like a long time ago and people living around like New Cross and uh, that sort of uh, area and actually, yeah, so I'm less fuck goldsmiths yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, to where I was before but
0: no, it's, it's, isn't you, know? you know like you know, like like East London has East London University but East London University hasn't had the impact you know, in terms of, of artists yeah, you, yeah, yeah you know, like, you know, like, we want, we want, we want it's not for me to value you know who's you know who's who in one way or another but it became very obvious that goldsmith the people coming out of goldsmiths has, have had an effect you know damien Hurst.
1: yeah 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 <laughs> I, well i mean yeah at the moment i yeah. think that's it you know yes. we're still feeling the repercussions of that i don't think
0: it's so if when we're talking about influences you know like um do you do you have particular influences of the way, like, you know, the, your, your particular practice, you know?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I think um, before you kind of had to scour a lot to kind of find things or you had to find your group or your niche. I think mm-hmm. uh, with social media, you can kind of make contact with people globally quite instantly, yeah. uh, whether it's just through a hashtag or kind of, you know, suggestions through other people. But there's... Um, Yeah, there's a woman I follow, Peggy Noland, and she's great. She makes all these really loud, leery things. She makes cars covered in fur and kind of big installations. Um, But then I suppose... Yeah, influence is uh, interesting because I don't tend to look to art for influence. Yeah. Um, I like charity shops. Uh, I like skips.
0: Uh, I like walking around uh, hardware stores. Like... When often, often when we've spoken about uh, like you know we've done three collaborations. One is is, I is a. I think more, but yeah, pay three, for three yeah, yeah. But like drawings, always been quite a, and always struck me as a very important part of of what you do. Yeah, and, and like it, like whether it starts off, we have a discussion about a particular type of pen
1: yeah and and how we
0: then can then move how that then starts moving into you know like, like the printing thing do you want to talk about your drawing a wee bit
1: yeah so uh like drawing with me definitely started as like um a sort of really personal thing so actually um yeah it started as a really personal thing and something that i wouldn't show people and then people would always do this thing of like oh but you've got real talent and you should show that off and you should share it with well but actually i think sometimes creative pursuit should be a personal thing and shouldn't always be a thing that's shown and shared so for a long time that was me that was uh, that was something for me that was uh, sort of hidden and then i kind of realized it could be something that could be artistic practice um But yeah, I suppose because I'm not a medium-specific artist, I work between print, uh, video, performance, sculpture, assemblages, you know, I kind of make compilations, installation-type work. Uh, Drawing's always at the root, whether it be, like, uh, discussion design or the finished article. It's always something that I return to, and it's kind of... um, uh, My vocabulary, really, is, you know, is how I express myself, like being really dyslexic, uh to write out some sort of concept or statement doesn't work, but drawing out my ideas that I mean they're never uh purely descriptive, but um Is yeah. there an
0: ongoing narrative to your drawing? Uh
1: I don't know necessarily yeah, I suppose there's kind of uh, reoccurring motifs, yeah. But there's not necessarily uh yeah
0: like what are your favourite like I don't I don't, I don't yeah it's strictly it. with the drawing
1: because like, like, I suppose uh, so I've got a really consistent line I don't sketch out before I draw um, so any sort of what would be perceived as a mistake I have to work with right so then you kind of get confronted by things that are kind of difficult or are not working or not following an intended path and kind of navigate those so um, in terms of imagery that comes up in terms of a production of a drawing that i would show uh i'm kind of more interested in the creative act rather than the outcome and so the recurring of a motif is usually just to do with following a line and so, kind so of
0: you're finding you find the drawing yeah. rather than try to create the, the, the character yeah you know, i
1: mean i have some sort of intent of direction um but i don't have a decided
0: yeah. outcome yeah. because certain aspects of your drawing would, Seem to lend themselves to kind of like zine culture, but you're not someone who's actually really. I'm not part of that world. You're not part of that world at all. In fact, your 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 debate is much more. uh, It's much more. It would for me be a much more an attack on a kind of art history, art historical context of sometimes how how the figures looked at. You know, like you know, like I know you've told me that you're you're interested in like someone like Aubrey Beardsley. You yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know or, 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 you know, like like you know, and so that that difference between playing with uh, Aubrey Beardsley, Gerald Scarfe, Ralph Steadman kind of yeah. But again, both of those people, you know Steadman and Scarfe. S-
1: yeah. Like, I think with Scarfe I'd I'd lean more to Steadman, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's because he kind of tends to do more mundane sort of things as well. You kind of do just a bunch of guys watching TV, but there's something kind of off-kilter about it. I was really interested in, like, the grotesque for a long time because um, someone like Arendt Van Bolton, who kind of did these insane creatures that had, like, furniture for legs and, you know, monkeys riding on the backs of other animals and stuff like that, What was really interesting to me, seeing that, I was like, oh, that was happening four or 500 years ago. Um, And that was actually accepted and normal. Uh, As things are now, I'm the dude that draws dicks and gets referred to as like, oh, you seem super bad. And then the character in that who draws penises. And I think it sort of belittles the nature of uh, what the grotesque is, because especially the line that I'm trying to adopt is something that's really alluring. There's something about it, you know, I have people telling me it's like a print quality line um, and it's hand-drawn, no pre-sketching, um, and part of that is to pull you in, and then I suppose the content and the imagery is kind of supposed to push you away and pull you back and sort of just play between that sort of space.
0: The, the, like the quality of the drawing that you're on know kind of, look, the quality of the line that you that you use is almost like, is sort of a, it's quite seductive in a way, you know, like people, are, yeah, yeah. They, they want to like the drawing, like Aubrey Beardsley's drawings are beautiful things until you realise, then you know, then you think, oh wow, you know that. Uh, yeah, way, I think
1: his work way more elegant than mine. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. no, but
0: no, but there there is a there are quite strong connections to you know, like to the you know the acceptability. Mm. You know, it's like, have you ever had any problem with putting an image on Instagram or things like that? And uh, a Instagram
1: date? surprisingly not actually. I think Instagram have got uh, an odd policy that serves some people and not others so i know a lot of people that do burlesque and you know kind of the idea of a nipple or maybe too much flesh because it, it's a photograph will get removed but actually there's kind of other people that i follow on instagram that uh, have you know quite uh, graphic sexual drawings uh and they're completely acceptable i mean if you look at any shunga drawing um, yeah you know you've got an, an octopus coming out of a woman's vagina yeah. it's like that that's that's considered high end art and um, yes. you know, and they've got a whole area in the British Museum that is dedicated
0: to those kind of things. It's a, it, 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 you know, that, that, that ex ex acceptability, the expectation, the kind of sh- like shock. Do you think that's a I'm not implying your work as that, but there's an element of it seems to be like a kind of market driven type thing. with...
1: Yeah, I think that's what I try to avoid. Like, as soon as I start getting known as that person, I shy away from it. So for a long time, I didn't show that type of work. So it was something that I was sort of known as sort of, through various connections, but um, I didn't have an interest in showing it because it becomes erotic art and then it becomes about the sexual nature of it. And to me, it's like the, there are sexual elements to it, but most of the time what I'm trying to draw is what I see around me and my interpretation of those things and so sometimes there is a lot of sexual nature to it but, you know, everyone's got genitals to yes. me it's, it's, it, it's not it, uh, it's,
0: I don't think your work's about sort of titillation no, you know, it's, no, it's, not, no it's, it's, it's about it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's 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 like using specific things like a, a prick or a vagina to actually yeah. emphasize a, a, a kind of a a, a a narrative that you know that about that person or the individual's uh, interpretation of that. Around, yeah,
1: you know, like, I mean, I do these vaginal orbs, and a lot of the time, I kind of get confronted with. First off, people assume uh, that either I'm a woman or they assume that I'm a gay man and then they meet me in person and they're actually disappointed and then they're offended. Um, and I suppose what it is, is that they see that then, because I present as a straight male, that I'm pursuing sexual objectification. But actually what I'm trying to do is uh, highlight that, that you know it's like a supreme reduction of something, someone to something, uh, and just sexual organs you know there's no reproductive nature to it there's no like um yeah there's no testicles there's no womb, uh-huh. you know
0: there's there's like like you, you like you your your own, your work is is moves in different kind of areas other, other than drawing you know like you know like, and I, like i'm always conscious that often I, I come across your work in in toilets through your, your kind of vinyl <laughs> stickers you're know, placed high on the in the, the water tank for the the, the urinals and there's a there's a kind of it's a, again it's a, it's a it's a strange sort of recognitions where you can know, kind of often go back and so i've just seen one of fred's works in the toilet and, I, and like i feel yeah, oh yeah i'm glad I've, I've i've noticed it you know anyway and like like can you talk about the kind of sticker work and yeah, so
1: to me, like, uh I think it's kind of my fondness for drawing as well is um, the immediacy of it. So as a kid, I sort of like dabbled in a bit of graffiti, but mainly just as um, for the thrill of it rather than the artistic quality of it. Um, so I've always kind of had a, an appreciation for that aesthetic, but kind of when things sort of started to move like twenty years ago towards like street art, I kind of really. T- took a step away from that street art to me is like i don't kind of know where i sit with that it sort of
0: falls between two things doesn't it yeah. well yeah
1: there's the kind of element of artists making work on the street so yeah. like a fresco and then there is uh like the graffiti element of it but then you kind of get graffiti artists that then come into the gallery and just start spray painting canvases and to me that's not the interesting bit of it that's not the exciting yeah, bit of right. it so with like the sticker slap stuff that's really um i used to painstakingly hand draw Um, stickers that then are put up and then they just completely disintegrate or the ink would run. But I don't mind that, because to me it's the action, it's the the production of the image and then putting it up. It wasn't about being seen and noticed and uh, becoming a local hero or anything like that, you know. Um, And so with the vinyl stickers, they're kind of harder wearing. Immediately I can start playing with colour, but without having to make choices like a painter would in terms of like, picking and mixing colours, I can kind of... uh, Do they offer a versatility
0: of where you can put them? Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, uh, they're really good for layering. That's great. Um, But also, if you kind of use car vinyls, they tend to be harder wearing anyway, and they're kind of weatherproof. So you can get quite a large... So a screen print onto the vinyl, uh, you can get quite a large image uh, and an image that you can uh, reproduce quite quickly. Quite a lot of.
0: When you know, to, to to print well, what that what's that sort of decision driven by? Or, you know, uh, I don't print well. You don't. So you? yeah,
1: yeah. So for me, uh, I would definitely not call myself a printmaker. I've worked with uh, a really good printmaker, yeah, uh, Pat Lunch. Right, she's uh, incredible. Uh, so she's always assisted me, but recently I've kind of moved into a new studio and so she's kind of uh, given me some heads up and some tips. But to me, I'm like, this is something that's going on the street. It's mainly for like a brief encounter as someone's passing. Yeah. Uh, or it, as you say, in a toilet, I'm trying to elevate toilet art. I feel like that is definitely where I belong. Yeah. Uh, it's a place where everyone has to go. You know, to yeah. me, it's definitely... Well
0: Everyone will see it. The dumbness and the stupidity of toilet art yeah, you we've know, yeah. got really boring. You know, a long oh, time. I love a bit of shit graffiti. Oh, I really do. it. how many pricks do you need to see drawing the back of the, the door? Well, that's that it. Know? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's I think that's where my penis drawing came in because then yeah. I, did, you know, you I wanted to, to do a do really a, intricate,
0: beautiful penis. Yeah, like, where the, like where do successes and failures, do, do, does success and failure creep into your thinking about what you do? Uh, Yeah, all the time. I think
1: there's that thing of, you know, everyone's got a part of them that would love to have the whole of Turbine Hall and kind of, you know, or be on a constant residency traveling the world. But I think I kind of came to the realization about three or four years ago that I was like, that isn't actually quite for me because even if I got into that position, I don't know how well it would serve the thing that I want to produce and how I want to do it. And actually, I started taking more creative control and kind of organising group exhibitions and workshops and events and kind of taking part more in other people. So instead of, like before I used to have this weird sort of gallery guilt where I felt like I had to be going to shows all the time. And actually most of the time when I enter a gallery space, especially like kind of lots of bigger London galleries, um, they're kind of like amusement parks. They set out, your thinking has already been led and I think a lot of the artistic happening is in the curation. The curation's the interesting bit. I always look at how things are hung on the wall or how things are laid out or when you walk in the room, what is your eye drawn to? So I kind of tried to move away from that and actually just sort of start collaborating with people who were my mates or I Uh. knew through someone else. And, um, you know, kind of doing a lot of the ink on things really helped with my thinking because the event was quite short, but there was the lead up and the
0: tail off so do you think you know like i'm maybe you know asking myself the same question do you think the collaboration uh you know like starts to th- you know they synthesize the way you think about working with people and makes you more you know like choosy who you want to work with or, and, you know, like, and does yeah it, or does it just oh does it open up saying no i don't know anything about that i'd like to work in that area yeah a
1: little bit so you kind of i always find collaborating with people who kind of uh, in a practice that i don't necessarily do myself or kind of have a different aesthetic or approach that always influences afterwards after working with them there's always a follow up but i feel that um yeah there's something in being a starving artist you know uh i kind of hate that phrase but also having had to work you know 12 days straight to earn the money to live and then occasionally make some artwork uh I think I've realized that actually the offer of money or opportunity you really have to look at it you really have to look behind who's offering it why they're offering it and actually what the benefit is to you and sometimes just to collaborate with your mate and make a small book yeah. that you just uh, share with your friends yeah, is enough you know
0: like in in some of your um, collaboration you you've also, you've also done workshops
1: uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a great way to share your skills and knowledge with people, but also kind of have more insight and earn a bit of cash. I think to me it's also a more interesting add-on to an exhibition. I think a lot of the time before when I was part of exhibitions, uh, you get a space for two weeks, you have an opening, and then you have to do some sort of invigilation rotor, and so you're spending hours sitting in a gallery for one person to walk around and walk out. So I started focusing more on having event type weekends so you kind of open on Thursday or Friday you finish by the Sunday it takes a lot more work but it keeps the energy kind of a bit higher and it means that people actually come
0: Do I mean, you, what are your, like. I sometimes find with workshops that you know, again, it's uh, perhaps a self-criticism that you know, I sometimes expect too much from them. Yeah, uh, from you, from from myself or the people that that that, that yeah. shift. It's. You know, like, I think
1: it helps that I've worked with five-year-olds uh, for a long time. So I worked with five to eleven-year-olds making uh, art workshops and some uh-huh. workshops. Uh, and so, you know, that's an ability that they don't have in their hands. So I kind of probably built a lot more patience through yeah. doing that.
0: Yeah, like. In, in doing, I'm going to shift to It's that, actually
1: I mean. harder to teach people who do know how to do things. I, I, it's a funny thing <laughs> about they get te- really you know, the teaching, or
0: what are, you know, there's that fine line between teaching and encouraging people to explore. it will lead me nicely to it because it's like, like there's guidelines. Yeah. And one of the things I've always sort of enjoyed working with you is it like, and it's, it's led to a number of kind of discussions around sort of rule bases. Of, of two things you know and like and how do we how how do we do something well and yeah. like you know, that, that question and like you've always and, and i've always linked that kind of thinking of doing something well where you've always been very aware of of audience expectation and what what they're, they're looking for
1: yeah i think that comes from me being hypercritical and a really shit audience member
0: Uh (laughs) you know like I was saying about
1: walking into a gallery immediately what I do is I look at how it's hung on the wall and then when I come to hanging my own work I can be really slapdash but it's like so that level of awareness is um, I want it to be a choice so even if something is hung up on one nail uh, that's fine that's a choice and not just because I only had one nail you know Uh, so when we've collaborated before I've always tried to be like, okay, that's how we're seeing it. I think it's very easy in isolation to start going, oh, yeah, that's going to be great, and it's going to work really well. But if you're not really considering how it's going to be interacted with... Because otherwise, don't do a show. To me, it's, yeah. it's strange, you know, like... Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with not doing a show. Yeah. I think that some artwork can exist outside of shows.
0: No, it, it surprises me when yeah. you said because one of the, the, again, the things I enjoy, I've enjoyed and I notice from the work, is I actually think how well you take really ordinary, often really quite crude things and and sort of make them seem as though they're actually been designed to be made <laughs> into, you know, like a, a, an artwork yeah, yeah,
1: that comes from working as, like, skips as a resource bank, you know it's, uh, uh, for a long time you know, that's it, I had, I had the shit that I had, you know I kind of actually, through working and having like more of a regular cash cow, I mean, I'm not flushed, you no. know what I mean, but <laughs> uh, I've become a bit lazy you know, I buy the type of vinyl that I want rather than going and finding a design firm and raiding their skip, uh-huh. you know, or sign maker and raiding their skip.
0: So so you, you've you recently purchased a sewing machine.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm very excited about the sewing machine. So that's kind of it. That's what I was sort of saying about, um, you know, drawing being the starting point for uh-huh. me. So it's like then print became like a, a really nice thing uh, way to immediately like blow new life into drawings and kind of expand them, pull them into a different thing, especially starting to print on vinyl. So one of the next steps is to start uh, printing on fabric and then the sewing machine is then... So for my day job, basically I have to teach people how to use a sewing machine. Um, And that was something where the first time I did it, I'd been on a sewing machine for about half an hour before I showed them how to make a thing. And then I realized the immediacy of it. And I think that's it. It's like, to me, immediacy is really important. Uh, I quite like having skills in my hand or knowledge or kind of like understanding of materials, but not having like a laborious, long drawn out process. You know, So the immediacy of a sewing machine that you can kind of All of a sudden, like the other day, I basically made a shirt. That was the first thing I made. And I did it by laying another shirt on and literally cutting round it. Uh Um, So no paper pattern. And, you know, like my mum was a textiles artist for a long time. And was like, um, you know, (laughs) fucking bold going in like that. Um, But to me, it was the best way to work. To me, that sort of just go in, it will fuck up. There will be things that are wrong about it, but that will... Add character to it, help it be unique. You know.
0: So do you? Are you, are you already looking? You're like, you're like shirts. You're like. You're no,
1: because then that's it. Immediately, you know, you wear the fucking shirt out, and people are like, "Oh, I want a shirt. Uh, where can I get it?" And then I was sort of making the joke of three hundred pounds, but I'm like, "Well, and my time as an artist, that is what yeah. it costs." <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be, you know, doing fashion. It's like I have no interest. But it's like. Uh, yeah, stage costume and that sort of thing is really like fascinating to me. You know, uh, kind curtains. Of. Yeah, well that's it. It's like yeah, furnishings. I think um, when we impacted the house parakeet, we had uh, curtains that we'd made or she'd printed, and then we kind of, um, you know, it's about the whole environment rather than just some work on the walls. It's kind of setting the tone, I suppose. Yes.
0: You know, I just, I just, I'm interested in that verse, you know, I, I find you, I find the kind of creativity of working with, and, I, and you know, like, you, you're very, you know, like, you, you can see potentials in things, you know, very, very quickly, and then, you know, like you open up, you investigate, and you're like, you, I think you said that you're not, you weren't sure about being very good at, at these things, and yet, you're immediately producing things that people don't have, Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I suppose. A, you know, I an, think it's because I've got unrealistically high expectations yeah. of myself and other people. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: an inventiveness in a way. You know, that there's that, that, there's a sort of pleasure. You know, in a way, like like you know the bar work. Yeah, you know that you did for the show. You know, like, like oh, what, dumbbell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you the know, dumbbell like, was good fun. Which was 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 such a you know it, it had a certain arguably obviousness. You know, people would do yeah, exhibitions, yeah. and the, the first thing they look for is the bar. Yeah. So you offer them a bar, and you know. And,
1: yeah. well i think it's as well that sort of thing of um it looked like a shit museum that you would have seen uh somewhere in the midlands i say you would have seen i saw places like that as a kid um you know when i went to visit family uh you know and you get like a crap paper mache model but it's also the investment of like really being earnest and really being true to that thing and going for it yeah. um yeah, and I think the thing is with the bar is then we were like, great, this actually works. Let's make the bar a feature and part of every show that we do. But then I think what happened is then the bar became the focus. And then so to me immediately, you know, it's like hands up, step away from it a bit. Because, you know, we could just fucking do bar installations for people, you know, <laughs> like, you're, it, you know, and uh, it's a cash cow. But it's like to me, no, I'd rather go and work another job and then have creative control. I don't want to be beholden to what people conceive my uh, artistic medium to be, you know. You want it
0: to be? Well, so, so drink is not... Meaning. I mean, drink's
1: always going to be there, right? It's, <laughs> a, it's a social lubricant.
0: No, I think, I think the bar created a, a, a kind of discussion area for people who did meet and behaved in a way.
1: Yeah. And I th- so with that, uh, what was wonderful to me is people walked into a gallery space and you could see there, it's a thing that I hate when other, I see it in other people they walk into a gallery space and they decide that they have to behave in a certain way and by having the bar immediately people came and leant on it even though it was kind of made out of corrugated plastic with wood laminate vinyl you know they saw it as a real thing and then immediately people go oh I understand this I get this and then people stayed and they looked around the space and I suppose that's kind of what it comes back to with the workshops it's Stepping people in, giving them insight into what that is, as opposed to artistic endeavour being this mediumistic type thing.
0: Mm. Thanks very much, Fred.
1: No, you're very welcome. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Yeah.